Hermosa Beach doing our uh, monthly fan question episode. We don't have Savvy today, so Savvy is currently competing for UCLA, which is the number four ranked team in the country, and Savvy's on court one. Um, can't do in-person with her yet because she needs, I think, the second dose of the vaccine for mm-hmm. UCLA to let her travel, and we're trying to get as many in-person podcasts as we can until we're both not in the same country, which is about to be fairly soon for a fairly long time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Yeah, it's good to be back in person. Um, it's just easier to podcast that way, more enjoyable mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, we're dude, right now it's crazy time for everybody. Yeah. The college game is gnarly because you're in college, you're already like away from home and living in dorms and then yeah. you're like stuck in your dorms and playing with masks the indoor teams are playing with masks on that's crazy so gnarly <laughs> and uh as for us we're just coming up on the end of our off season which i was thinking about it it's like it's like playing in the nba but starting your season in the playoffs yeah that's basically what we're doing yeah we're, we're actually starting our season in like the second round of the playoffs yeah. well it's kind of i mean you guys had a similar thing because the nba when they put up the bubble that's kind of what they had to do at kind the of, end, yeah. right? I mean, because they had their season, had what, like four regular season games in the bubble before they went into the playoffs? Right. After like a six-month delay? But they had played some of their regular season before yeah. that, right? Yeah. Dude, we haven't played, we played AVPs, but we haven't played on the World Tour in three. over a year. Yeah. Like traveling and playing, and now we have to go out there to this bubble in the qualifier and win a quota and two qualifier matches three times in a row just to get the chance to pass back yeah. Jake and Taylor and Phil and Nick yeah. against all the best teams in the world yeah. with no warm-up tournaments. Yeah. Well, we technically <laughs> have one coming up. Uh, so this comes out Wednesday, uh, tomorrow, and Friday. Yeah. Um, the 16th Street. So every now and then, I haven't played in one of these yet, but every couple weeks or so, I guess, they put on like a little mini tournament just to... As a little tune-up. Yeah, exactly. We're just trying to make up competition so that it doesn't feel like we're fully coming off of preseason, which is different for me and Trev because a few teams got to go over to Doha and play, including yourself. Um, but this is only our second time we actually have done this tournament, this little make-up okay. mini tournament. Yeah. Um, but that'll be fun. I mean, if you're a volleyball fan, Thursday and Friday, yeah, get down to the beach Come on out. and watch. It's, there's not many fans around, but there's a few people that come by and watch. And I mean, last tournament, I'm pretty sure you got to watch April and Alex against Mel and Mel Sarah, Jeff. which ended up being the so final. You're watching literally the biggest finals matches in 16th Street. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that was the World Championships final yeah. and also Doha final and a lot of AVP finals. Final. Yeah. I think they've now played since the Olympic qualification period began. They've played in seven finals. And in FIVB. In both. So oh, AVP both. Okay, and yeah, FIVB. Yeah, yeah. Sam, you've had some big like world championship finals. Manhattan Beach finals. And now that Doha one was a big one because April and Alex won and are now mathematically right. qualified. Um, maybe the first team to mathematically qualify of the women's side. Oh, really? Because the other teams that are qualified, like Mel and Pav, they made it because they won world champs, which gives them a spot right. just on straight up math alone. Yeah, I think April and Alex might be the first and only. Yeah, I mean, there's teams that qualified for making the finals of a random China event that yeah. Americans weren't allowed to play in and qualify in. 
That's so this is a dumber sport. <laughs> Stuff <laughs> like that. We were talking about it earlier how some teams have given up on the world tour and they're just focusing on the continental tour. Yeah. So that they can get a bid. Like, how does that make sense? To yeah. get into this biggest tournament, you stop playing against the best and you just try to backdoor it. Right. Just because. Don't get me started. Because <laughs> <laughs> for, so for our listeners, I don't know if we've given like a full breakdown of how the Olympic spots well, are chosen. Well, you should watch the McKibbins video. Yeah. That's the best breakdown I think that we've seen. Yeah. Like, they give you visuals and everything. Yeah. There, I mean, so there's 24 <clears throat> spots, 15 go to the top 15 ranked teams of the olympic qualification period kind of because <laughs> then, then there's a spot for the world championship winners there are two spots for making the finals of the olympic qualification tournament which is try mention the u.s didn't play because i don't think usav would have honored yeah. those if we did it usav said even if you win this we're not giving one of the american spots to the team that wins it yeah we're going to give it to the top two uh within the top 16 that qualify, um, which makes sense. But the fact that they put this tournament on randomly, like maybe China paid a lot yeah. to do it, um, is so dumb. Um, great for our very own guest, uh, Tina Gradina, who yeah. won it. Yeah. Um, so we have a, you know, Tina's playing in college and she's already qualified for the Olympics. Yeah. She's been qualified for like a year and a half. Yeah, she's chilling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's one way. And then, Continue. Yeah, so we have uh, 15 for the top 15 teams in the Olympic ranks, which is your best 12 finishes from when it began, which I think the first tournament was the one that you won with Trevor and Yangzhou. So your best 12 finishes throughout the Olympic qualification period. Then you have one spot for world champs, two spots for the Olympic qualification tournament, one spot if you are the host country, and then you have five spots for the continental champions so they're trying to be very inclusive so there's a spot for the oceanic continent europe asia um the norseka region which is ours and africa Mm -hmm. and that's essentially how you can qualify for the olympics Um, but then of course you have your weird exceptions because you have your country quota so you can't send more than two teams to the olympics so brazil currently has like four teams right in the top and our women have four teams in the top, which means that now you have to bypass those two spots and go to the top 17 right. in the country. So mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty complicated. It's complicated. And it's great like for the Olympics, like what it is. It's a, it's a world games. Everyone, all the best come together and let's play from all over the world. Like That's great. But the problem is the Olympics have become the center the main Super Bowl mecca of so many sports, like every sport that's not the mainstream, basketball, football, baseball. So it's really not fair in that sense. Like for it to be our Super Bowl, it should just be like the best go. Like if it's this, if it's this one off thing that everyone gets to go to and play for fun, it's like, great. Like this is a little global event and it's structured a certain way, but it's become our Super Bowl and like every small sports Super Bowl so the system of like let's just give africa a spot just for the hell of it just because we want an african team there and then they get blown out you know it's just a it's a it's basically a buy for one team yeah Uh, and then you have a top team in the world sitting at home watching um that's that's the lame part about it but that's the reality as well yeah that i just want to see the rest of the sport like let's make our world champs the super bowl yeah not the 
Olympics. World champs, which is crazy. So I was looking at the viewership numbers. World championships had double the amount of viewers on the live stream than the Super Bowl. What? Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. So, I mean, it's world championships is a week-long affair. So it's kind of unfair. In oh, that right, sense. right. Because Super Bowl is a three-hour thing. Right. But more, more people, literally more people, double the amount of people watch world championships than the Super Bowl. That's hard to believe. Which is pretty cool. Um, I don't know. Obviously, the, financially, it doesn't do as well. Super, Super Bowl is not globally as not global, pop- and yeah. it's literally just like a four-hour, five-hour time slot. Right. That's true. Yeah. But I mean, beach volleyball globally, it's just wildly popular. Yeah. Which so I mean, it, it's crazy that the that it's not thriving necessarily. Yeah. You know, like it's at the point right now, and it goes through ups and downs constantly throughout the history. But like right now, I'd say it's a down for sure. Um, where the world, whereas when I came first on tour, the world tour was very strong, and it's yeah. like we're playing world tour, like great events, great money, top teams are there, everything makes sense. Now it's like <laughs> points are all over. We're going yeah. to events we don't even want to play in. The money's not really like enticing anywhere, yeah. like in any event. There's no five stars right now. Yeah. Um. So the fact that the, it's so popular and so many people want to watch it, but we can't figure it out yeah. is a little I would crazy. love to see, gosh, because I was talking to um, someone about, they were asking at the Olympic race and can, you know, Kelly Kalinske and Emily Stockman jump Brooke and Carrie. I was like, it would be so much more interesting if I think Ostrava's the final event of the qualification period, yeah. if that were a five star. Because usually when we had Furby on, He's talking about Rome being that last event. Usually there's a five-star as the final qualification event. And stuff can go crazy because the points in five-stars are bananas. It was a grand slam when yeah. Furby was playing, right? Yeah. And, it used um, to just be grand slams and opens, and which is like five-stars and three-stars. But there was like eight to ten five-stars. Yeah. And then there was eight to ten three-stars, right. which were opens. And you didn't have to play in these opens because you had that. You had all the big those, ones. You know, over Olympic qualification period of a year and a half, you you stacked up, I don't know, 20, 18 Grand Slams. Yeah. Like, you didn't really need the Opens. You throw those in every once in a while. Yeah. But it would be so cool if there was a five-star with a huge amount of points on the line just to see all the madness that could happen. Because right. I did a story for the FIVB this morning on the teams that are ranked 10 through 15, mm-hmm. getting on those five final point slots that aren't American because I mean we obviously have our own right, right. internal battle going on Yeah, and it's crazy I mean there could be so much jumping just in Cancun but if there were a five star too it would be crazy Right, it would be super fun to watch yeah because the gap could someone getting having a bad finish in in the five star and, and another team having a good one could erase the last three like four oh, yeah. stars just everything changes yeah. it would be super cool so I mean gosh I wish Wish it. I hope it gets upgraded, at least in points, just to make it interesting. Totally, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. But you have... <laughs> we'll see. In a couple of weeks, what, two weeks, almost exactly, you'll be traveling for the first time in 13 months. Yep. We're um, headed to uh, Cancun on April 9th. Okay. Through May 2nd, I believe. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Which normally sounds good. Cancun for three yeah. weeks. But uh, it's a bubble. Yeah. And apparently they're giving, like, little windows of when you can go to the ocean which is blowing my mind 
Gosh, it's... I'm like, the ocean's the safest place yeah. from COVID. Yeah. But, like, they're going to give you little activity windows. Okay, you guys can go at this time. <laughs> you can go on oh a field trip. Oh, my God, this is going to be insane. Yeah, the resort looked nice anyway. That's good. Um, and it looked all-inclusive and, and whatever. And Doha, like, the FIVB did a great job. But nice. it was not a 90... I mean, 90 teams on the men's side were signed up. <sighs> it, it, this is colossal. And, I mean what 12 15 teams tested positive in doha so how they navigate what to do with those athletes is going to be so interesting yeah um but so i looked at the entry list and so no americans got wild cards i was kind of surprised by do you know where you stand we're the three seed in the qualifier so if three teams drop, drop out of maine which happened in doha mm-hmm. then you'll be you'll be in and won't have to do a quota right okay if not we play your boys Huh. Came in Theo. <laughs> Should have been me. <laughs> Should have been you. Yeah. That's another long story. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a long, long registration drama. Trav's not too happy with them right now. No. So I'm on a mission to beat Came in Theo this year. Yeah. There we go. I'll play him at some point. I got you. <laughs> I got excited. you. <laughs> but uh, so if, if you don't get in, you'll have Came in Theo again. Uh, and then if you win the country quota, you'll be in the qualifier. Right. Yep. And then you guys are down 40 points to Phil and Nick. Yep. So then it's pretty much between you two. Uh, not that Jake and Taylor are mathematically right. in, but they're pretty safe. Yeah, I mean, they just got to be steady, basically. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, what happened in Doha, the top two teams are in the semifinals, which is worst case scenario for the other team. Right. If that were to happen to that, like us and Phil go to the semis and they get a bad finish, we'd jump pretty damn close. True. And there's five events, so <laughs> all I know <laughs> it's, is it's close. The deck is stacked against us right now. Yeah. From all these setbacks. Just so many setbacks. Yeah. Can't even like comprehend. I don't even want to think about them anymore. But um I'm also getting excited for the challenge. It's like the more the deck stacked against you, the more it's like, well, screw it. You're yeah. not supposed to do this now. And you know Trevor loves that stuff. Trev likes it. He'll get up for it. I'll get up for it. Like, we kind of like having our backs against the wall, like people doubting us. You know, us getting the majority of the setbacks versus the other two teams. Um, mostly, which was, well, there's just so many. But yeah. mostly it was me breaking my hand. Yeah. Um, and that kind of like set off a landslide of unfortunate events that lost us our lead. Um, But, I mean, if you're a fan, I know it's hard to follow along, but do your best because it's going to be entertaining. Um, We're going to try to create some content around it. Um, Obviously, podcasts will be going, um, but also McKibbins are going to try to create some content around it and um, so just stay tuned and dial in and send the Americans the energy. But yeah. just me and Trevor when I say Americans. <laughs> send Good the other Americans in. all bad energy. Because <laughs> when it comes to us battling against the rest of the world, we're not. We're just battling against each other. Which is crazy. That's how our system works, which is really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so doing our best to change it. And you know Brazil is. Um, Brazil has been trying to get the country quota stuff changed for a while. They're really fired up about it, and oh, so yeah. am I. But um, 
we got feedback from the rest of the players in the world and they're all like no we love love the country we love the quota <laughs> because we get free spots and we don't have to earn it against the best teams in the world soft ass people <laughs> i love a little edge on the podcast <laughs> hey the edge is out there right now so we're yeah. just sharing it yeah uh, there's all I, we understand better than or as good as anyone that Everyone has their perspective, yeah. and ours are very unique right now, but um, I think it should be said. I do too. I mean, that's what we're here for. If you, th- if you are a player and you think the other teams that are ranked higher than you and playing better than you should not go over you, you're soft. <laughs> I don't, share with me the other perspective. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but most of the players in the world, they got, there was a player poll. And they voted for the country quota to stay. Whereas you have like Carol, who's like top 10 in the world and not so going to go. Yeah. Like multiple times, years after years after years, she's just bawling out and not going because Brazil is so good. Yeah. And it's BS. Yeah. And which is why you have Brazilians kind of defecting, like um, Jefferson, who played oh, with for Shreve. sure. You know, he's like, well, I'm eighth in the Brazilian system, which is like tenth in the world. But I'm it is. For I mean, it's interesting. Like, let's say I lose out on this, knock on wood, on this spot again. Like, I could go play for Sweden, probably. Yeah. Like, all my grandparents are from there. I have a ton of blood. I yeah. could probably go play for Sweden. Yeah. I could probably go. I'm sure Qatar would love to have me too. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, they'll they'll make that offer. <laughs> and then maybe this system will change. You know. I mean, shoot, I. I'm open as long as there's a big, big number there. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Not really. <laughs> well, it's been, it's been funny because, like, at Norseca's, I've been approached by um, the Samoa Federation. They were like, are you going to make the Olympics for the U.S.? He's like, no. Right. Why not? Dude, I'm... Like, Your passport works for I'm me. born and raised in, in the... Pol- <laughs> in the Polynesian Triangle. I'm <laughs> yeah. basically Samoan. Yeah. Can't you tell? He was like, it works for us if you want to play for us. Virgin Islands always sends American teams. He was like... What about Hawaii? Hawaii is... It's basically its own country. It's basically its own country. <laughs> or like Guam or Puerto yeah. Rico. Guam's basically Hawaii too. In surfing, Hawaiians will, put, will compete in the Olympics for the U.S., but on tour, in the world tour, Hawaiians are separate from the U.S. Really? They're their own country. Huh. Mm-hmm. Cool. We should do that. That'd be funny. We'd be great. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you guys got four Olympic teams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, anyway, let's get to yeah. these fan questions. Yes, we got, we'll lead our crusade against the country quota later. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Sandcast fans. Just wanted to give a second of a shout out to one of our sponsors who has been here since day one, Wilson Volleyball. They make the absolute best beach volleyballs in the game. That's why pretty much everyone uses them. College game uses them, CBVA uses them, pretty much any tournament you'll find across the country uses them. The ABP obviously uses Wilson Volleyball, and even the German League was using the Wilson Volleyball. So Wilson is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and there's a reason for that. They make the absolute best beach volleyballs in the game. And you can use our discount code SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off all Wilson Volleyball products. All right, that is sandcast Dash 20 for 20% off of Wilson Volleyball, the best beach volleyball in the game. So use that code to get yourself a new bag, a new cart, new whatever you want, a new bag of balls, and play with Wilson. 
How's it? Try here. Just want to take a quick commercial break to let you know about a new game called CrossNet. CrossNet is the f- world's first four-square volleyball game. So instead of there being two sides of the net, there's four sides to the net, and it X's in the middle. Uh, it's a really fun game, and I joined the CrossNet team late last year, and I've been having a lot of fun with it with my buddies out in Hawaii and also here in California. Uh, I've been playing with other pros as well, like Casey Patterson and the Crab Brothers, uh, but it's not just for pros. It's actually great for all skill levels. In fact, CrossNet is being played in over 10,000 schools to help teach the game of volleyball. So it really is for anybody, and I highly recommend it. CrossNet is now available in Walmart, Dick's, Shields, Academy Sports, and pretty much every other major retailer. So you shouldn't have a problem getting it. Or you can just head to CrossNetGame.com to pick up a net and make sure to use code SANDCAST for $25 off your order. All right, back to the action. So we have a ton of fan questions, um, and we will start with a couple. The most popular questions are training tips um, and just kind of like what's it like being a professional beach volleyball? How can I improve Mm. my level? Um, So this one is a good one for both of us. This is from Pad Stackerton. And keep in mind, these are all Instagram names. so uh, (laughs) Not real names. (laughs) He says, any tips for overcoming taller opponents? Oh. Yeah, I'd like to ask the same question too. <laughs> yeah, well, I um, I think you can watch a lot of. So I watch a ton of the Latvians play because mm-hmm. they're both six three, six four, about my height, um, and they just run really fast and they option. Yeah, I think that's good. I think for sure, like what what I get from that, what you you just said is, move it around, yeah. change it up, change tempos. Don't come straight at a big block and like keep coming at them and let them set up in one spot because then they can take the max amount of court and that's kind of what they want. So change it up. Um, But you don't want to... I think sometimes when teams get too shooty and like running low sets, now you can clamp yourself too, you know, if it's too tight. Or if it's off the net and you're coming in, you know, you're just closing your window. Yeah. So you don't want to do that to yourself. Yeah. and I'd say if you do run an up and down set, like how I do, even against, you know, the top teams, um, which, I mean, I'm 6'5 and can jump, so I'm not small, but against these other guys, these giants on the world tour, I'm average size. And the key is to go change your tempos. So come in hard, shoot, come in to shoot, go hard, come in to hit and hit, come in slow right. and go slow, you know, like, Feel what their timing is and try to change that up. And then, yeah, run a shoot, run a push, go back, make these big guys move, especially if it's like a Ryan Doherty, for example. Right. Like I've seen Adrian break his ankles, like running all <laughs> yeah. over the place, you know, because his feet aren't that fast. Whereas you have like, a, you know, Anders obviously is the, the best of the best. He's an athletic big. So like you might be moving and he's fast enough to get there and you're not really doing anything but clamping yourself. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, the biggest thing is change it up, Yeah. switch it up. And then defensively is it can be frustrating as well, but changing your serve, you know, a deep serve, maybe getting them a really long approach. So they're not step closing close to the net and reaching over you or a short serve, even like a big guy, like Ryan or something who's seven foot, he has to bend all the way down yeah. and then he doesn't get a big approach. Now, now a big guy without a big approach means they're not jumping as high. Yeah. 
Um, and then, I mean, tell your, if they're hitting straight over you, tell your defender to stay, stand behind you. Yeah. Just soft block <laughs> it and make them hit it right over you um, to your defender. And yeah. then also playing defensively, playing those angles. You got to take chances. Like if you try to play that high line and dig the hard driven on a guy that can hit it like straight down, you got to commit to one or the other or right. else you're not going to get either. So just like fully get in that angle and like put your back on the line and dig it up or fully like get ready for that, the uh, high line and, and give up that sharp cut. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, moving it around because what you're doing, you're not only making the block move, but you're making it easier for you to see what the defense is doing. Because when, if the blocker comes, if I run an outside set and mm -hmm. I see the blocker come all the way outside with me. That also lets me know that the defender is probably not on the line, mm -hmm. which leaves the line shot open or a quick hard angle open. So it lets you, it gives you a pretty clear image of what you're facing yeah. defensively, which makes it a lot easier. That's one of my favorite parts about playing big blockers is that you can see things so much better. Mm, yeah. Because you, I, my vision is more blocker based than defender based. Too, yeah. I kind of feel where the blocker is and make my decision based on that. Assuming that the defender is doing the opposite. Right. Yeah. And then if they're doubling up, then it's just you need to adapt back and, and change things. But mm -hmm. if they're doubling up, that means they're leaving a ton of court open. Right. Which is a huge gamble on their part. Yeah. Exactly. So no, I play the same way. And it's probably why I play that way. Plus, when you move the <laughs> when you move the block. Like you said, you can see it better, but also the block's drifting usually. Yep. Like it's really hard for them to get their feet set and go straight over. So if you hit off the block, it's a drifting block. It's a lot easier to tool yeah. than one that's set up. And one thing I think Delaney is so good at, she runs this back set that she uh, is like a back set slide where you swing with the blocker, the direction the blocker is going, yeah. not back into the block. Because mm -hmm. if you go with the direction the blocker is going, his hands are going to be moving to the line, for example. If you swing line, well, it's going to just Tool bounce them. off the court. Yeah. Whereas if you swing back into the angle, you might get kind of an accidental redirect back into the court. Right. Even though it's so tempting, if you run like totally. an outside back set to bring it back to the angle, because yep. it's kind of the glory ball, but the way easier, higher percentage shot is swinging with the blocker. As and like, I think people are scared of you know, really good players are, have just gotten so used to using the block, mm -hmm. like swinging out of bounds. Um, but I think it's easy to be scared to swing out of bounds. Yeah. Whereas like, I'll do it all day. You know, if I'm out yeah. by the pin, like I, I literally made a living off of this indoor. Yeah. I'll just look and be like, are you going to put your hand near the pin? <laughs> put them there, put them there. And bang. <laughs> and then it touches the antenna or whatever. Like you guys can go scramble and try to get that ball off the court. We're getting a free ball back if anything. Right. Um, but I think you got to like take chances like in practice and stuff and like swing out of bounds. Yeah. Like I swung out of bounds match point of the AV AVP Porsche cup. Yeah. When I knew Phil was there, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to tool him off the right side of the court. And I swung high, and he's so big that his hand was fully over it, and I ended up tooling him off the left side of the court. Yeah. But I was swinging out. Yeah. Yeah. If I went low, he was on it. And that's some one of the good things about big blocks. I mean, everyone's greatest strength, the inverse, is also their weakness. So their big size are taking a lot of court, but that also makes them a huge target, mm. and it makes them less mobile. So there's no matter who you're playing, whatever their greatest strength is, Find whatever the inverse is and use yeah. that to your advantage. Yeah, exactly. And, but at the same time, 
if you play your game well, you'll usually figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's not like, unless your game is just like two shots and yeah. they're just, <laughs> one person stands in one of them and another one stands yeah. in another one and that's all you got, then, then we got bigger problems. you got to go practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you play your game well, um, you can kind of let the game come to you, I feel like. Yeah. Next question. This is from Valley of the Sun. How often do you play versus how often do you practice? And I think this is a question that is a little uh, nuanced because it changes as the season goes on. So in right. off season, um, like a lot of guys like you and Trev almost never play. It's just reps, 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 really low impact passing setting mm -hmm. versus once, you know, now we're getting closer to Cancun playing. And a it's a lot more competition reps, getting in that competitive mode, figuring out what you're doing in game like situations and, and kind of translating all those off season reps that you did into game like yeah. scenarios. Yep, exactly. I mean, you have to pick and choose for yourself what you're, what you're specifically training for. If you're early on in your career, you're young, you just came out to the beach, um, you want to get those live reps, like yeah. just as much as the technical. I mean, if you have a good coach or like a really smart partner, then for sure you want to be drilling it out and like working out the kinks and learning the little nuances. But you also just need to be learning the flow of the game and yeah. like playing and feeling how it's going to feel on your body and whatnot. For us, Jake Gibb, like he didn't show up to the last two practices because he's like, I get it. Like yeah. I know what I'm gonna <laughs> do. I'm gonna do what what's best for my body. You know, Hayden would do the same thing. Very pick and choose, count every rep. They don't need the the competition reps like other people do. Yeah. Um, I'll take it a step further and say, mentally, you need to understand when you're drilling and when you're competing. And that's something that I'm actually dealing with right now. Be, being in this, however long this off season is, like no seven, kidding. eight months, I'm so conditioned to be drilling and working on stuff right now that it's really difficult for me to just let go and be like instinctual try where I'm, you know, I'll touch a ball, dive and like, you know, just like make stuff up and be creative. Yeah. Um, it's been hard for me to get back to that. So my thought process is, um, just remember when to turn it off. We're not trying to get better when right. you're playing a match. You're just trying to be present yeah. and like apply yourself and just let let yourself do whatever's natural. Yeah. Um, so mentally understand when okay, this is drill time. This is time to get better, and this is and then boom, turn it off. Mm -hmm. This is time to compete. You can be competing in drills. It's like just you have to know whether you're in compete mindset or drill mindset right yeah and that's i think one of the things i love that jose a lot of coaches do this but jose and jordan chang i think were the two guys i've seen that do it the most they'll give you parameters even while you're competing mm. like jose will say try like your hard angles taken away yeah yeah yeah. and so you're competing but now you're also drilling because you need to find another way to get a kill when you know your strikeout pitch is gone and that's like playing against the big block right right like a big block okay this guy take takes away my low seam like you can't hit it anymore there's no yeah. line Line bounce, low seam. Now where do I play? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And so those drills, and it's really important when you're doing that not to cheat and to get in uber competitive mode and just say, screw it, I'm abandoning what I'm working on because I want to win this meaningless practice game. Right. 
then it's really important to get through that mental struggle and say, all right, I'm going to find a way to figure it out even when I don't have this available. Yeah. And if you need to lose, lose, but it's better than, than bailing yourself out. Yeah. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Next question. This is from T run. What factors, and this is actually kind of a, a big one for pretty much everyone, uh, but you, Trevor, Jake Tay, and Phil and Nick, what factors are you considering in finding and keeping a partner? Um, yeah, I mean, this is something I take very seriously when it comes about, which is only like once. Yeah. Well, you had, uh, so your decision to play with Trevor wasn't easy because you were like one of the most marketable big men mm -hmm. available and you had a, a fair amount of guys asking you to play. Yeah, well, so... Yeah, when I played with Haydn, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm in. <laughs> um, and then with Trev, we were just playing for fun. Like, I was coming back. I want to play for fun because right. I, I haven't played in two years, and I just need to f play for the love of, love of it again, and I'll play with my buddy. Why not? And then we started winning, and I was like, but should we partner up? Like, this might not make sense, um, even though it's really fun and we're doing well. So, like, we fully were both of us were like okay we're not partners this off season like yeah figure out what's best for you i'll figure out what's best for me and if if you want to do this then we'll commit but we're yeah. going to put thought into it and we did that and ended up wanting to play together but um my point is i think putting a lot of thought into it if you're playing if you're if you want to play at the highest level world tour avp and you're going to be traveling with this person and and spending time with them every day your personality has to match up right you have to you know I, I would say go out there and test it don't just be like we're gonna play together this is gonna be awesome yeah on paper it might be <laughs> but if if you guys don't have each other's back you don't work well through the lows everyone works well through the highs oh yeah um then you might struggle but you also have to be committed um so like put the thought in put pen to paper what are your strengths what are their strengths does that person's strengths work for your strengths and vice versa? And then once you commit, you're like, okay, I'm in. We're gonna, there's going to be crap times. I'm gonna hate you. Yeah. I'm gonna be so sick of you. <laughs> and we're gonna grind through it no matter what. Yeah. I think that's the, the mentality. I think at the level, I mean, especially your level, but even where, where I'm at, it becomes less about physical Skills. I mean, obviously, I mean, if you have two blockers that can't defend, it's not going to be great. Right. So aside from the obvious physical skill set, I think it becomes more mental and more about, for me, it's now it's kind of, because I am in a phase where I'm kind of choosing like mm -hmm. who to play with. And I know. Like, I'm ready for you to have your long-term guy. Yeah. And so like this year I told Adam, I was like, I'll do whatever. Because Adam's like dialed mm -hmm. and he's just like, all right, let's go. Like he sent me a schedule with like tournaments, how we're going to train what we're going to do, like when we're going to be flying. That's a, that's a huge piece of it. Like I used to play with Will Montgomery and, and you know, he was really good. We're both young and at a fairly similar level, obviously my trajectory was higher, but, um, he was so good at like getting the workouts in. We're going to travel here. We're going to go to these events. Like yeah. he made me better. Yeah. Whether he played well or not, didn't matter. Right. He was like, uh, he, um, lived the, the lifestyle, I guess that, that, I wanted to live and like 
held himself to the high standards. So it didn't matter if he played well, he made me better. Yeah. And that was a huge thing. Yeah. And so for me, it's that commitment because the guys where I'm at, we're in this tweener stage where we're good enough to make money, not good enough to make a living. Right. Now, I'm in a fortunate situation where the more events I play, like the better it is for my career as writer, podcaster, whatever. Right. So I'm in a, like a unique scenario, but most of the guys can't be fully committed. Right. Right. And then there's here I have Adam, who's obviously had a very blessed and fortunate life. Mm-hmm. And he's like fully committed. But beyond that, he's also like fully bought in to me as a player mm-hmm. and like 100% believes that like I can go as high as I want to, which is huge. Right. Because there's with Adam, there's no grass is greener mm-hmm. on the other side. Right. Like most of the guys I play with, they're like, yeah, we'll see how this one tournament goes. And Adam, like, I'll never forget this scene in. So in Doha, we lose, and Adam takes losses super hard, and we didn't we didn't talk. I like let him do his thing, and then we had to fly out at like four the next morning. So we're in the elevator, mm. like neither of us had slept, and he was like, "You played awesome," and he was like, "I'm gonna let every defender in the U.S. know that like you are like a top big guy now." Mm-hmm. And so he literally like called Billy Allen, like kind of free agent guys yeah. who, and, and he was just like, "He's ready." Yeah like bought in so he's like i want to get you as high That's as epic. i can yeah and when you're ready i just want to like i just want to help you out mm-hmm. in your career and like having that belief is more than like any you know digs or Dude. sets or whatever totally it's awesome and like yep. playing with him like when we practice it's so nice to know that like if i have a bad practice adam isn't like hey uh bruno like you want right. to like run this season together it's like yeah. all right well what can we do to get better mm-hmm and it's awesome. So I look more into the mental side of just like who's going to commit and who like actually believes that I can be, right. uh, you know, make four or five stars and actually like win at that level. The the grass is always greener is always going to be an option. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's so many good players when you're trying to play at the top or, or at any level. There's going to be a lot of good players usually. So after a loss it's so easy to see the grass is always green. Oh, yeah. well, that player is playing good. If me and him played together today, we would have smashed. Like maybe yeah. I should be thinking about that. Exactly. It's such BS. Yeah. Um, because you play against each other all the time in practice. Right. You know, and especially you know, like you guys are committed, but it's not like if you guys beat Jake and Taylor, Taylor would be like, you know, try block Jake like five times today, Jake. You're Man, out. if I was a try, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, if I was with Jake on that point and Taylor on that point, I think I'd never lose a point. (laughs) (laughs) It's so easy to see stuff like that and like think about it, even with your coach, you know, like especially the the longer you go with teams too, like the more it's hard to to not you you have to go through these highs and lows. It's like a relationship, you know. It is a relationship. Yeah, Yeah. it's a big one, an important one. Exactly. Uh, so we have not too much longer for our time limit today. So we're going to move on to kind of, I sorted out the questions. A lot of people asking about the AVP. So Bruno Amarim asked, when will the AVP schedule be up? Any in, this is from Megusta Tacos. Fantastic name. <laughs> any insider info on the AVP? Think fans can come? G-Man, hearing anything from the AVP about a season, bubble, or cities? CPA dude, any news about the AVP? And Omez 2 can you guys discuss the AVP grass tour? So uh, I haven't heard anything about the AVP. Um, 
anything I have heard is just like random speculation. Yeah. Um, and that it'll probably start late summer. That's about all. I yeah, know. I've heard some stuff. Kind of seen tentative schedules, but it's it's made up because they want to give sponsors something yeah. to buy into. Like sponsors aren't just going to give them money for nothing. You know what I mean? So they have to come up with something, but the fact that they can't announce it means that it's all tentative. Yeah. So I don't want to say too much, um, but I think there's some possibilities in June. Um, you know, something similar to what happened in Long Beach, and that would be no fans, I believe. That was more of a bubble. Um, but later in the summer, um, like a Hermosa, a Manhattan, these are all being talked about. Um, I want to say like there was an Atlanta being talked about, bringing it back to there. Yeah. Um, those ones, I think they're trying to get fans to. So like they're trying to get fans in. They're trying to backload it more maybe after the Olympics, which I think will help get all the top athletes there, which I'm excited about as much as I'd like to play earlier. Um, but it's going to happen, people. Like It's hard for me to believe, especially with how much better um covid's getting in california yeah like if we have to keep the tour in california let's do it yeah like who cares that's the best place to play in the in the u.s um in terms of just big beaches and space and a lot of volleyball fans as much as we love going to all these other spots um but i i'm confident that it's going to happen and more of it will happen at the end though and nothing's going to happen um before june okay yeah yeah, I've heard most of that, but no idea. Yeah, well, they're going to take a big break for the Olympics either way. Yeah. So I'm hoping that almost everything's back behind the Olympics and we can just all forget about um, World Tour for a second and right. finally like get back to our <laughs> domestic tour. Yeah. Finally get you to play at home. Dude. Um, speaking of the Olympics, actually, here's a fun one from Rob Volley. If snow volleyball makes the Olympics... Would you guys try to make I'm a in. volleyball Olympic team? The Hawaii boys in. <laughs> Dude, I'm in. We could have like a few Hawaiians and a guy from Maryland. And we'd be oh, yeah. In. Set. No, um, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to see how that worked out with um, like beach and yeah. like how much of a time commitment that would be. But God, that could be cool. Like a yeah. full brain reset, fresh. I like playing fours. I like playing middle so and blocking. So threes. Oh, is it threes? No, it's three on three. Okay, well, I like threes too. Yeah, so you usually have, the way we did it, we had a setter. Setters on defense and two blockers? Yeah. And then you have a sub. Well, so I was our setter, and so I set, and, well, we kind of changed it, but at the end we found our best one was when I set and was also blocking. Blocker. Yeah, I could see that. Because then it's just, you set, and then you're ready in trans. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd be open for sure. Go to two Olympics and we'll see. In, when that is the Winter epic. Olympics? Yeah, it's winter. So it's, when is it? Well, I mean, it's twenty-two, and it's just the opposite of summer. Right, but this year summer is twenty-one. So yeah. So it's twenty-two. So we have back-to-back Olympics. <laughs> Imagine if you played twenty twenty-one and on the beach, on the and beach. Then twenty-two in snow. You just rotate every. I quad. would freaking do it. Snow Olympic qualification starts and beach ends. Why you not? Just do that and switch. I just need to figure <laughs> out the whole like hand situation because I'm not good in the cold. A lot of guys play with gloves. This, yeah, I'll play with gloves, 100%. The setter, 
I mean, I couldn't set with gloves on, so I played. I'll have electric socks, the electric hand warmer, <laughs> beanie. I'll have the most clothes on, I guarantee you so that. I've seen you and Trevor come out when it's like 45, 50 degrees, and you might as well be playing snow. Oh, dude, I wear gloves <laughs> and socks. Bundle. I had a beanie on today, it was 75. Well, that's because I was trying to simulate uh, Cancun. Cancun a little yeah. bit. <laughs> We have, uh, this is kind of a fun one that we talk about it semi-frequently. We probably have time for two more questions. Mm -hmm. It's like 148. Uh, this is from Casey the Chemist. How do you see the evolution of the sport five years from now? Um, and I think to make this simple, we can just make it, how do you see the evolution of the sport through the Paris Olympics? Because we're kind of a quad base. Okay. I see, I mean, the numbers of players are skyrocketing just like going way 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 up mm -hmm. and i just think it it's inevitable that there's enough smart people out there who are going to figure out how to make this work financially yeah and we saw the fivb get hit with that 300 million dollar investment from a hedge fund which mm -hmm. is awesome um i just can't imagine a world of all these smart people who love money <laughs> who can't figure out a way to tap a, the fastest growing market in right. sports. Yeah. No, I'm, I have an optimistic outlook on it. As much as like we've had some dumb stuff over, you know, through the bankruptcy of the AVP and then the Donaldson era has been great, but a, but a slow process, you know, yeah. and then COVID hit and blah, blah, blah. Um, but... I think there's new people involved, getting involved and interested in our sport, not just players, but like people higher up who are seeing the numbers of, wow, this sport is ginormous. Not, not only globally is volleyball the biggest female sport, pretty sure it's number one, right? Yeah. Maybe soccer. It passed soccer recently. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, but also in the US. Yeah. From like, it's huge now. It's the number biggest. one high school sport. Yeah, exactly. And indoor and beach. Yeah. Um, so I think just getting these new people involved, like let's get no offense to the older people, but like either evolve or bail. Yeah. Like the old stuff is what it is. Like time has changed so much. Technology has changed so much in these last few decades that we just need a fresh start. Look at it for what it is. USA Volleyball, FIVB, AVP, collaborate, be open-minded and something huge, I think can happen and, and and another thing that makes me really positive is um makes me think positive about it is that the players a few of us are taking things into our own hands in terms okay. of building our brands and uh -huh. okay you're not going to build something for us tour we'll do it ourselves we'll do a podcast yeah we'll do a youtube channel we'll do you know mckibbins are the top content creators and in, in probably in the whole volleyball world in the world of volleyball <laughs> and I mean, their page is so small compared to a lot of pages in other industries. Yeah. Um, so it's just the beginning. And um, I think we have some good leadership uh, from the players side yeah, of things for um, sure. as this new wave comes in. So, yeah, I'm optimistic. And I'm, if things take off, I want to be positioned to capitalize on it and yeah. take it as far as we can take it. Yeah, I mean, I think you've done a good job of that. Just, I mean, you took a crazy negative with the autoimmune disease and you turned it into podcast and now we're talking to yeah. you know the IBP IBVP 
IBVPA. We got to figure out a better way. IBVPA, International Beach Volleyball Players Association. Yeah, so we're going to become the official podcast of that, mm-hmm. which is awesome that now we're going to have. So for our listeners, we're probably going to have some more international guests coming on, which I think is exciting because for sure, just get new perspectives. And we've had a pretty high demand for international guests. So. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. That's yeah, that's huge. That's another thing that's huge, and we're just kind of doing it on our own. It doesn't matter where the rest of the sport takes us we're going to take ourselves there we wrote a book yeah you're writing books all the time but yeah we wrote a book together that's pretty cool so we're hitting the children um category there helping the kids out a little bit um and we actually we have a documentary about the whole autoimmune disease that's continuing through this olympic quad that we're working on um producing and figuring out a platform for it yeah the, the ending hasn't been written yet yeah so so Love we'll that. see but yeah there's a lot of good things in the works yeah so it's it's exciting and uh we'll do last question before you gotta go um is from greg chisholm which is who's all going to fuds so fuds is that uh biannual huge forest tournament um so now that i'm not going to cancun i'll be going back to fuds I lost to... Freaking Theo and Cam. <laughs> no. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> but so I'm not going to Cancun, so I'm going to FUDS. Lost to Trevor and Taylor in the finals last year, so got to win this one. Trevor playing fours. Yeah. Well, he's set. Oh, okay. That he makes just sense. set Taylor every time. <laughs> right. It was unbelievable playing Taylor in fours. Because he, he just yeah. like... He swung for the deep seam out of the court every time, and I'd try to drop my hands at the last second, and he'd know and just like... <laughs> I yeah. was like, you must have been ridiculous indoor. Yeah. I got no answers. <laughs> so it was fun yeah, playing him in his element. So smooth. Yeah. Freaking guy. So I'll be at FUDS and as are like a record amount of teams signed up. So Sick. <laughs> so people playing volleyball again. Yeah, exactly. And and COVID's gonna get lifted. It's getting out we're of gonna here. get we're gonna get it out of here, you know, <laughs> in the next few months or over this year and everything's just gonna Volleyball fans, we just go all in and yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. So, listeners, appreciate all the fan questions. Um, keep them coming. We had about 30 this week. Obviously, only got to about eight of them. Um, so, we'll keep you guys for next month, and hopefully we'll have Savvy again. Um, this might be one of our last in-person ones for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have one more before you're gone for a month. Yeah. Then I'll be, uh, hopefully, I'll have an ocean view. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be in my hotel room a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that'll be this week's, this month's.